This is Gospel on the Ground, a podcast from Trinity Bible Church in Phoenix, Arizona. It's a collection of testimonies of Trinity members for Trinity members. Today's guest is David Egolf. David Egolf, thanks so much for letting me take some of your time and for your hospitality. We're recording this here in your house, and so if you hear a, a grandfather clock going off in the background, that's that's the explanation for that. Uh, as you know, we're just recording folks' testimonies uh, who are members here at Trinity. Uh, I always find them encouraging, and having just had discussions with you recently, that it would be a great idea to to hear some of your thoughts, things that you've been learning even recently, and, and some of your health struggles. But you can you can start just by sort of explaining who you are. Okay, my name is David Egolf. Uh, many of you may have not seen me because uh, my wife and I have been sequestered and um, because of the pandemic for the last year and a half, and then just recently because of the affliction that I'll be talking to you about later. So I'm uh, 70 years old. I became a Christian at a Billy Graham crusade meeting before the age of 10, and my wife and I, Leslie, met in church while we were in high school in California, and we're celebrating our 50th wedding anniversary this year. We have been attending Trinity since 1976, and we raised our son, Jared, and daughter, Jennifer, in the church. And all of my immediate family were really blessed here because all of my immediate family are Christians, including my sisters. I've been, I've been, uh, cur- I'm currently working, and I've been at the same job in the same building for over 45 years, which wow. represents the type of stability I've had. Yeah. Uh, Trinity since 76, uh, the same building since f- for 45 years, and I'm a very successful hardware software computer architect, which has led to one of my problems, which is pride. Mm. Um, I have lived a life of Christian service. I began leading home Bible studies in 1976, taught a few adult and kid Sunday school classes in the 80s, and then uh, you basically got diverted by work and my children during the 90s. However, I did participate in the uh, Trinity Missions Committee during this, that time period. I became spiritually renewed at a weekend Christian camp in the late 90s, not related to Trinity, a um, thing called Trastias. Um, based on that, at that camp, I met the director of the House of Refuge Sunny Slope, which is a working men's shelter. Mm-hmm. And I worked there for six years. The first two years, I was teaching Bible studies weekly. The next two years, I was directing their Bible study programs for Bible studies that were run three times a week. And I also started serving on their board of directors. In the last two years, I served as president of their board of directors. Cur- uh, currently, I'm a, a, a member of the uh, missions, Trinity Missions Committee and have been leading it for several years. And uh, I have gone on a, on a couple of missions with Trinity. One was to the German Black Forest Academy to teach as an English as a second language training class for European kids. And most recently, four of us uh, from Trinity went down to Latin America in January of 2020 uh, out to the rainforests of Guatemala to train 30 Nazarene pastors on hermeneutics, introduction to theology, and how to preach expositionally, where the preaching expositionally and introduction to systematic theology were my 
were my th- the things I was uh, supposed to be teaching. Yeah. In August of 2020, um, a group out of Ecuador found out what we had done in the, in the training material that we had. So they asked us to, to uh, work with some of their pastors. Uh, by 2020, uh, travel was not appropriate, so we did things by Zoom, mm-hmm. and we uh, took our curriculum and turned it into a 16-week training program for 80 pastors which who were Baptist, Nazarenes, and Missionary Alliance. After we got done with those, that 16-week program, in, beginning in 2021, they uh, had 50 more pastors from Ecuador that wanted to participate, and so we did a second 16-week round. So through the years, God has given me assurance that I was in the right place, doing the right things in his service. However, I was not living a complete Christian life. What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is that I was, had, had, I was looking for ways of doing service. I was doing the service I should be doing, mm-hmm. but I was neglecting personal things, mm. which I will get into. I, I, I was neglecting walking with God, mm. which is how we are supposed to be walking as Christians. Yeah. Okay? Um, I want to talk about coincidences, because right up front, I want to point out that during the last two months, which this, this uh, podcast will be focusing on, I have been bombarded by coincidences, and I'll only bring up one major one. Now, as a Christian, I don't believe in coincidences, and neither should you, because we believe in the providence of God. Mm -hmm. Romans 8.28 says that we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose, and that is all things, because ultimately God is in, in charge of all things. And so... God's purpose may not be what we want, but it is for our good. And so I'll bring up um, a major coincidence later. This next section, I want to explain the affliction that has accosted me since December of 2021. I have been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is an a, um, inflammation of the lower intestinal tract and keeps the the um, lower intestinal tract from doing what it should do. Uh, first thing I want to point out is if you see me at church, it's not communicable. <laughs> so you don't have to run the other way. Um, also, I'm not suffering any abdominal pain, uh, cramping, or bloating, which is abnormal. Most people who have ulcerative colitis do suffer those things. And I have just basically been very much um, unable, I, I've been, been tied to a restroom. I can't get more than about 50 feet away, which keep, makes, makes it so that I basically have to stay at home for the last three months or so. And I've been in what they call eight months of a flare. Um, they've been giving me some pretty heavy medications, and most recently they, I'm on heavy steroids, and that's one of the reasons, even though the pandemic is over, the steroids, uh, the ulcerative colitis is, a, is a, an autoimmune disorder itself. And then the steroids also suppress my immune system, so I've been avoiding crowds and avoiding church for that reason. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the other thing I want to say is that when it's being managed, it is not life-threatening. And that's a phrase that came back to me at one point. And then finally, the last thing I want to tell people, and I tell people this when I'm explaining my ulcerative colitis, is that I have concluded that God has a purpose. 
So when we have people over, sometimes I will shock them by pointing out that I actually, in prayer, I thank God for my ulcerative colitis because he wanted to get my attention and he got it. Mm. So I want to explain my, my, so I've explained my affliction. Now I want to explain my conviction. So about two months ago, I became convinced that I needed to talk to God, not just for supplication, requesting relief, but thanking God for his providential care. So I began uh, to sing to myself, and naturally when you've got ulcerative colitis and you're getting up at all times of the night to go to the restroom, you got a lot of time where you're trying to get back to to sleep. And so I've got time where I I, uh, sing to myself so I don't wake up Leslie, and I pray. And when I reflected on that phrase, that the ulcerative colitis is not life-threatening, I thought back and I realized I have an affinity with Job because Job was afflicted, but not unto death. Mm. And so when I was praying uh, about two months ago in bed around 2.30 in the morning, I had a thought which was not mine, and which entered my head. And I have experienced such thoughts before, and I believe them to be from God. And the thought which was not mine says, it is going to be okay. And this brought an immediate sense of relief to me. A lot of ulcerative colitis is, is um, tension mm. and anxiety that causes your, your gut to, to tighten up. And as I was lying in bed there, I could feel my t- gut relaxing because of the comfort that I was getting from that, from that message. I continued to pray. When a second thought occurred... And this second thought was very disturbing to me, disturbing in a good way. This thought was, I have your attention now, but what if I heal you? And that was very convicting to me Mm. because I became aware that I did not have a personal devotional life. For 65 years, I had not been meeting with God in prayer or in Bible reading. I'd been doing a lot of Bible reading. But my Bible reading had been in order to learn what the Bible says in order to teach it better to others. Mm -hmm. And when I was reading, it was not for the purpose of meeting God in Scripture so that he could speak to me. I had been focusing on academics and had neglected my personal relationship with God. And that is the crux of the problem, and I believe that that is why God was getting my attention. Mm. Because for 65 years... He had been patient with me and had given me assurances as I was going out and doing services on his behalf, but I had neglected with meeting with him personally. So now we have the major coincidence I was going to mention. I found out that a coworker that I, um, at work, was a Christian. I had no idea, but we wound up talking to each other on the phone, and he pointed me at, on a to a pastor who was available on YouTube. And this pastor made five great points. The first being that everyone, all of us, is looking for love. We have within us a desire to be loved, and but we're looking for it in the wrong place. We're looking to get it from other people. And this leads to manipulative behavior, behavior and a distorted view of love. And that's why love is so little understood in the secular world. And this guy pointed out that instead of looking for love for other people, we should be looking up 
to God for his love. When we meet with God in prayer, we will be filled to the brim with God's love. And that love will spill out of us on other people we meet during the day as we image God to others. And we need, his second point was that we need to forgive others the same way that God forgives us. So as we meet with God and we praise him for the way, in my case, how he's been patient with me and how he has forgiven me so many things, we need to be filled with God's forgiveness so that when we meet with others, that God's forgiveness spills out of us the same way that his love does. Basically, we must not hold grudges or build walls because the obstacles we put in the way will impede the flow of God's love to others. So we need to have a free flow of God's love, and the way to do that is to see everyone, even our enemies, as, as, things, as people that God loves. His third point was that Genesis tells us that we were, to, we were created in the image of God, and we were created to walk with God in the garden. In other words, to fellowship personally with God. Mm-hmm. In Genesis 3, speaking to Adam, God asks, where are you? As he's walking through the garden. It's the first quotation of God. It's the first um, literal quotation of God in the Bible. And first is, can, is, is kind of important. I think it sets a th- one of the themes of God's redemptive pur- purposes in the Bible. That God, through the ages, has been asking, Adam, man, where are you? And the where there, as my sister pointed out, during this time period, which was in one of the other coincidences, my sister just out of the blue calls me up and tells me that the where of the where are you is not locational. The Hebrew is not locational, Hmm. which is obvious when you think about it because God knew where Adam was. He knew which tree he was behind. He knew which tree Eve was behind. The where of the Hebrew is someone searching for their beloved. Hmm. It's the same... It's used in several other places in the Old Testament where people are looking for their beloved. And the idea is where, as in, why aren't you with me? What's happened? Mm-hmm. So down through the ages has been asking the same thing. Adam, man, where are you? Then this, this pastor's fourth point was those who accept Christ and are satisfied that they have their ticket to heaven punched and then come to church on Sunday, and then neglect God the rest of the week, they're missing out on how to live in the kingdom. This is the same message that is also um, given by A.W. Tozer in chapter one of The Pursuit of God. Mm. He says the church kind of uh, skipped the boat back in in the 30s and 40s when they started using the term accepting Christ, which Tozer points out cryptically is not a term that's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it tends to give a finality to the act, act of taking Christ into you, and it neglects the fact that it begs the question of now that we are Christians, how we are to live on earth in the kingdom while we are still on earth. Mm. So the, his, the pastor's 
fifth point was, do not look back. God has forgiven you, and looking back and wallowing in regret is not useful or helpful. It's about as helpful as holding grudges is. It just doesn't do any good, and it's harmful to you. Mm. However, I've determined that there are three reasons to look back. The first reason is to examine your past behavior in order to repent before God and ask forgiveness before God in order to get his forgiveness after true repentance and putting it fully behind you as far as the East is from the West. The second reason for looking back is to examine your past behavior in case there is someone who you have wronged who you should ask for forgiveness. In my case, I didn't see any, anyone that fit into that category because of the nature of the, of the sin that I had been engaging in, which was basically neglecting God. I just needed to ask God for forgiveness for neglecting him mm. and not walking the way I should walk, and it was basically harmful to me. Then the third thing on looking back is to marvel how patient God was with you while you were being disobedient. And that should lead to continuous thankfulness during prayer because God is patient with us. He puts up with us. He put up with me going in the wrong direction for 65 years before he finally got my attention. So I have an action plan. And my action plan is I'm having devotions, devotions pretty much on a daily basis and as much as possible with my wife, Leslie, because we are of one flesh before God. And we have been using material from R.C. Sproul, Living Before the Face of God, is a four-volume series mm-hmm. of devotions. Uh, Tony Evans. Tony Evans put out a book, which I have, which is Praying Through the Names of God. And for the most part, it is very good. And then also, I'm, I'm reading with my sister a book by Donald Whitney, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Yeah. And I'm also reading how-to books on prayer because prayer is something that's learned and I have not been doing it correctly and so I need to learn it. Mm. Uh, Even in the Bible, Christ is constantly giving uh, instructions to his disciples. He says, when you pray, do this. Yeah, and his disciples are asking him how to teach us. To teach us to pray. Yeah, it's not something necessarily that, that comes as naturally as we might expect. No, and... I'm also uh, looking into the spiritual disciplines, and in general, the spiritual disciplines for the Christian life by Whitney, Mm -hmm. and there is a book by Richard Foster called Celebration of Discipline, Mm -hmm. which comes highly recommended. Uh, I'd like to point out that on Amazon Prime, last time I looked, it was free if you have Amazon Prime to to download it to your Kindle, so there's no reason you can't get that. And so I am... I'm studying. It's academic, but, I, but it's the type of study I need to do. Yeah. And I just, I just found out this week that they're having a spiritual disciplines section in Sunday school. And so I'm going to, I am going to go ahead and make it back to church. Yeah. It's a little bit early, but I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to show, show up on Sunday morning. Yeah. Looking forward to having you. And then my current spiritual state is that I have accepted my physical affliction. It, is, it was necessary as discipline, mm. not as punishment, but as discipline as from a father, yeah. from God, and I thank him for it. He may heal me from this affliction. 
He may choose to allow it to continue but be under control, or he may leave me in the current state of flare. That is his choice, and I will accept his decision. I will continue to thank you for it. I have already met God in Scripture during my prayer sessions, but I have a long way to go, and I will be patient. I have been emboldened to bring God and his blessings into normal conversations with people that I meet. I, I uh, brought it up with my dietitian this morning, who's from our, our gastroenterologist group, uh, and I am learning to image God better to other people. Um, I would I would like it if we could. Uh, I would like to find out if there is a if there is a, an interest in having a spiritual disciplines small group. Now I realize that the people that what might be interested may be geographically dispersed, so we would probably do it by Zoom, so we wouldn't have to to um, uh, physically meet because mm-hmm. we could be coming from hither and yon. Sure, but we should be able to set up a Zoom meeting for that and maybe meet every three months or so. Yeah. And I would like to find uh, someone who would like to, to participate in this group and uh, potentially find a good leader for it. Hmm. And so uh, also I would like to point out that, that if you want to talk to me about this, um, about my affliction, about my walk, if you have any ideas, if you hear, heard something that, that uh, struck a chord with you, and you'd like to contact me, my telephone number is in the, my, my cell phone is in the church directory, and my email is davidegolf, E-G-O-L-F, at yahoo.com. And I would love to hear from you. I hope, my hope is that, that one of the results of this may be that uh, those of you who are having a similar problem of having neglected Maybe this will wake you up, and God won't have to afflict you in order to get your attention, <laughs> and you could be saved from this. Yeah, this is one of the great things. What I'm trying to do in in recording these testimonies is get a, a wide variety of diverse ages and and different personality types and that sort of thing. Uh, and it's pretty evident that you are engineering minded, even in the way that you presented it. Uh, very systematic, very logical. And even there, towards the end, you're talking about. Um, how for, for much of your life you've you've been engaged in intellectual study of, of theology, and uh, you've you've come more recently to the conviction. It seems that it's not that information and learning is bad. Like you're still doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, we don't want to pit the head against the heart as if they're you know antithetical to one another, but that there was something that you were missing to add into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, having spoken to you before about how there's sort of like a new spiritual vitality. That's that's come along with that. Yes, there is uh, in in your own life, and so it's been evidenced in as your uh, boldness in evangelism um, and just spiritual conversations and those sorts of things as well. But what is what's um, just sort of experientially, uh, what has it been like in these last few months as you've been coming to this uh, sort of fresh insight about how to relate to God and the importance of it and what what you've been missing? Well. Uh, generally, people that have afflictions for months at a time will uh, drop into depression. <laughs> mm, yeah, and I'm just nowhere near being depressed. Mm. If anything, I am elated. Yeah, and happy to be where I am. Mm. And so, and I see that as a blessing from God as well. 
so my my mental attitudes I think are very healthy, and I've succeeded in in uh, avoiding some of the problems that would have come with with um, with ulcerative colitis, and hopefully this will continue. Um, when 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 you mentioned the differences between academics and devotions, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that I was that I was teaching in the Latin American program, uh, I had picked up on a a lecture by by D. A. Carson, which I uh, is available on um, the Gospel Coalition. Okay, you can get it in audio on um, the Gospel Coalition, and and Carson speaks on how to put together a sermon series. Mm-hmm. But the material he has is, was really, is really good for individuals in their devotional life as well. Mm. And he's talking to pastors, and he said that when you read the Bible, when, when a pastor reads the Bible in order to prepare a sermon, they should be using academics yeah. and doing exegesis and, and using biblical theology in order to dig down into the text— but he said that the pastors need to also do that devotionally. Mm. On the other hand, he says when the pastors do devotions, they also need to bleed the academics mm. into that, yeah. and not just not just go over the words, but also look at the meanings and use the biblical theology backgrounds that they have in order to ferret out what the true meaning is. Yeah. So the academics can help the devotions, and the devotions can help the academics. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, some sometimes we think of uh, sermons as being kind of just lectures or even just like a systematic presentation of a running commentary. But unless unless a sermon has been applied, it actually you know the text hasn't been preached. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a devotional application that is necessary uh, in, in in preaching for sure. One of the things that Carson brings out, which I think is very relevant for us, is is layman. He said, when you're, passing, when you're going through a section of Scripture, and this is basically a small section of Scripture for us where we're doing devotions and, med- and, and um, some degree of meditation, he says, read it, reread it, and reread it, and then reread it and reread it until you master the Scripture mm. and you know what it means. Then he says, at that point, you read it and reread it and reread it until the scripture masters you. Mm. And I actually had that happen when I was preparing what I referred to as my micro-sermon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the first, one of the things that you're supposed to, to learn, and they try to teach, at least that I've learned sort of in seminaries, that when you're trying to think through uh, how to apply something, even as you're intaking information, you're doing the work, the technical skills that are necessary to understand the text. It, when you apply it, it needs to apply to yourself first. Like you have to figure out how how does this apply to me? What is this saying to me? Um, and so, yeah, it sounds exactly like the the sort of uh, study that you're reflecting more recently. So, what uh, one of the things that I've also been encouraged by, just um, having spoken to you and just hearing a little bit about what you've been up to. Your your wife has been out of town for a little bit. Yes, <laughs> um, visiting family. But uh, this affliction, which has kept you at home, has not kept you from people. So can you just, for a minute, sort of explain the, the importance in, in your life and your experience of connecting with other people, especially when it's difficult? Well, um, as, as I said, I, I can't leave the house very easily. 
uh, although most recently I have been given periods where I can, and that's why I'm going to be able to come to church on Sunday. Mm -hmm. But I I clearly still can't go out to eat. Mm. And so uh, my wife left to go to Milwaukee to visit my daughter for two weeks. The day she left, I had scheduled a Zoom meeting with George Mann, Mm -hmm. uh, and we discussed... um, Basically, much of this material plus um, Logos Bible software because that's a that's a, a, a pro- program that we both use in our own personal Bible studies. Uh, the following Thursday, I had um, Toby Jennings over for for dinner, and I I served him dinner, mm-hmm. and we sat around and fellowshiped for the evening. And then the following day, I had one of the young one of the young guys from Trinity over for dinner. Mm-hmm which uh, was very fruitful. And he, he wanted to go over Logos too. So we spent the, uh, the evening do, doing Logos studies. And then um, Saturday, I had um, one of the church members who uh, needed a car, and we had a car we wanted to sell, so I had him over and f- served him dinner hmm. uh, as we were, as we were um, making the car transaction. And so I have taken this opportunity to... to um, Meet with people. To, uh, I'm serving lunch to, to Malachi <laughs> yeah. today. Yeah. Looking forward to that. <laughs> and tonight, my son-in-law is is uh, who is in Mexico with his job uh, is driving back past Phoenix, and he'll be flying out on Saturday, but he'll stay overnight with me, yeah. which will be nice, and I'll serve him dinner. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes we might think of spiritual disciplines as being, you know, they're they're individual, they're private. You need your quiet time. And it can seem like a really personal time, but as as you've talked about, um, there's there's a sense in which as you're being poured into the Father, pours His love into your heart by the Holy Spirit, that sort of naturally overflows, and you, you sort of, you, you actually want to meet with other people, uh, particularly other Christians, uh, those whom you have uh, the faith in common. It I'm being seventy. I'm I'm on the cusp of needing to retire, mm-hmm. and. This situation has led me to rethink retirement because I'm interfacing with a lot of people at work. Mm. And if I retire, I'll lose all of those interfaces. Oh, yeah. And so it's making me think that maybe I should hang on. Although, don't tell Leslie. She doesn't. <laughs> she wants me to retire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll edit that part out for her. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, David, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to lunch. Thank you.